Welcome to the Servants of Fire podcast, where we dive into real-life application of the prophetic, evangelism, pastoring, healing, and so much more. We'll have special guests and your host, Alvin Kaufman. Hey everyone, it's Alvin here with the Servants of Fire podcast. Have you been enjoying these episodes? I hope so. I enjoy bringing guests on from all over the world to interview them. Listen, I have an opportunity to join my guest from episode 4, John Raz in East Hastings, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. But I need help raising some money for the trip. So another one of my guests, Amy Coelho, has offered to do a one-hour dream and dream interpretation in a private Facebook group. So this is the opportunity to sow into a mission, and in return you not only receive training and maybe even getting your dream interpreted. For more information, email servantsoffire at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Servants of Fire Podcasts and Groups. Thanks so much. I look forward to hearing from you. Hope you enjoy this episode with Tyler. Right on. Well, Tyler, maybe do you want to just tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, then we can kind of get into your, your ministry title, Dead Raising Team and, and, and everything else. So maybe just tell us who you are first and we'll go from there. Sure, man. Um, my name is Tyler Johnson, uh, director of the DRT, and we um, we have four beautiful kids, one beautiful wife, and uh, yeah, man, gave my life to the Lord when I was about 17. I had a crazy encounter with Jesus. Uh, didn't get saved in a church, um, and. Uh, Gave my life to the Lord then and been on fire ever since and always will be. And, uh, yeah, so we, we direct these teams that are basically just available to pray, to uh, raise the dead in situations where families have lost loved ones. We just are there to support them and love on them. And um, So we have, like, 70-plus teams now. So, yeah. Oh, wow. So how did this adventure begin for you with uh... – the dead raising team like how did you get a heart for that or even go after that really totally my my own dad passed away uh which put me on a massive journey you know um because i really you know paul says you know oh death where's your sting but um man i'll tell you what death does sting um praise god that you know he's bought us eternity um no doubt about it that we have heaven waiting for us on the other side but man it uh it's rough and i saw in the scriptures that Jesus actually commanded us to raise the dead. And so um, that was interesting to me. And I began to pursue that um, fasting and prayer and a lot of scripture. For about five years, I just kind of went silent and was just pursuing God um, in that. And uh, began to see that the scriptures kind of laid out a different way of handling death. You know, Paul is preaching and someone falls out of the window. He goes down, gives him a hug, raises him from the dead. You know, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Like there was a way that the men of God in the Bible dealt with death that was very different from the way that I had grown up dealing with death, which was no one prayed to raise the dead. And so I just uh, began to get a fire for it and started going after it, actually pursuing opportunities to pray because like the sick can come to you for healing but the dead you got to go to them you know <laughs> no that's good <laughs> so we i i mean it was probably youthful zeal to some degree but 
praise God for that, man. Like I was chasing ambulances. I was following fire trucks to accidents. I mean, whatever it took, you know, I was in a, I went, um, I went and became a chaplain at the hospital so that I could have opportunities to pray for the sick, but also to have access to the morgue. I mean, I was going for it. And, um, pretty quickly into that, we got approached by someone, um, in the, um, the Department of Emergency Services in our county, and he'd heard about the, the stuff we were trying. We hadn't had anyone raised from the dead, but we had been trying, you know. And um, he asked us if we wanted to do what we were doing with the authority of Washington State behind us and actually have a card that gives access in these situations. And so wow. um, doors began to open. We began to get a lot of opportunities because really for us, like we were excited about opportunities to be able to actually pray and put to work what Jesus said we could do, you know. Um, while some people were weirded out by it, we were like thanking God for times where we got invited into these situations so we could actually pray. So that's kind of where it started. Um, not long after that, we got our first breakthrough as a team. And then things just spread from there. And now we've had 19 people raised. So. Wow. wow. So what does that look like for you now? Like, do you have any testimonies like recent ones or even early ones that where, uh, and like, I mean, this isn't in Africa or anything where you see like people like Reinhard Bonnke and stuff, I'm not saying anything against him, but I mean, they go to Africa and they'll see dead people raised, but I mean, you're doing this in America. Um, yeah. so maybe just give us a testimony or, or two about, uh, some things that you've seen. Totally. One of them, uh, probably my favorite one that we've had happen on the team was a day where my son, uh, he was only three and a half. We prayed when he was born that he would raise the dead before he's five, and he was three and a half. Um, and the biblical precedent for this is Hebrews 6. It says that it's an elementary teaching. Dead raising is an elementary teaching. Hmm. Um, and that we need to go on to maturity, which means that we should have this stuff under our belt. Yeah. And um, so we began to believe that even kids could do it. And Joshua was three and a half. Uh, he came inside one day after playing, uh, told his mom he needed to go spend some time with Jesus. Came into my office, right? So I got a phone call. A friend of mine's dad um, had been in a, had had a heart attack, had been in a car accident, and all that stuff. And um, and uh, so, anyways, Joshua prayed for the first time in his life. He spoke in tongues, and basically, the man was restored from a place of death. Um, pretty awesome. Um, we've also had people, we had a baby once that was dead in the womb for two weeks, get raised. Um, we've had a ton of situations. We had someone, um, uh, that was dead on the beach. One of our team members showed up and prayed and, um, he was raised. Uh, we've had, uh, people in hospitals raise the dead. My wife and I have one time, um, our friend, I can't say her name right now because she's in a dangerous, uh, Middle Eastern country right now, but she also, uh, she's a nurse. And she raised the dead in a hospital one time in front of a coworker <laughs> uh, that didn't believe in this stuff. Um, but, you know, our take on this whole thing is that we've kind of made certain things in the body of Christ and in, in the kingdom of God. We've made it. Um, we've elevated those things to a place where they feel impossible. Hmm. And in, in reality, Paul says, you know, in Acts 26, 8, he said, why? Why should we consider incredible that God raised the dead? And that's kind of the plumb line for the way that we approach this is we just believe that it's the same to heal a headache as it is to raise the dead, that it shouldn't be any more mentally confounding to us um, 
that God, you know, God made Jupiter. You know, he created Saturn. Um, mm. Surely he raised the dead. It shouldn't surprise us um, when this stuff happens. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the essence of what Paul's saying. Like, why would, why, why would we even be, why would we even question it that God raised Jesus from the dead? And therefore, if God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, then God raises the dead today. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's kind of some stuff that's happened. Um, there's a there's a bunch of them. Um, we had one not too long ago. I did an online training, um, actually in Africa again, and um, some people in a church where we just probably talked for about an hour and a half on just the basic verses pertaining to resurrection. Um, there's some real basic ones, and an understanding of like. John 10.10 reality, which is that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God brings life. That's real fundamental for people. Mm. Anyone that's watching right now or listening, like, that's a big one. Knowing, like, letting it be that black and white. Not adding to or taking from Jesus' words, but letting it be what it is, which is the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God brings life and life abundant. Like, those are the job descriptions of both the devil and God. And it'd be wise to take that into consideration and to live your life around those kinds of verses because it clarifies things in situations where someone has died. Um, it actually will add to your faith. So anyways, I, I was just preaching on some of these, these verses and a woman heard, just heard the simple message. And um, she got up after the service, walked over to um, a nearby relative's house where they had a son that had been electrocuted and had died that day, went into the house where the body's being kept and raised him from the dead right there. And this was just like about a month or two ago. Wow. Um, so, you know, the gospel still works, you know, uh, and it doesn't need to be complex. So he said, raise the dead. Let's do it. So how, how did you go from, uh, like, were you always this tenacious, like in your faith, like a going after it or no? no. How did that no. grow? How did you, how did you kind of grow that faith in you? It was, it was prayer, <laughs> honestly. Um, it was through my own loss, you know, um, that fire really got put in me. Something started burning in me of like, this isn't what God planned. And I began to see that God didn't even invite death into the world. We did through sin. Yeah, God, death was never a part of God's plan from the very get-go. Hmm. Um, and in fact, every step of the way that we chose sin and death, God provided a solution for it. Um, over and over and over again, obviously with Jesus being the, the supreme sacrifice that defeats death and cleanses us from all sin and unrighteousness, right? Um, but like, yeah, man, I mean, for me, the fire got stoked through my own loss. And then discovering that the gospel, um, part of the result of the gospel is that we have become overcomers of even death through Christ. And so for me, the fire got stoked, man, in the place of prayer. Like if people that are listening or watching right now are wondering how to get their fire back, like just get back into that place of intimacy with God, like being loved on by him. And, um, encounters would begin to happen and things would begin to shift um so yeah i saw that recently you had luis on is that right yeah yeah i did uh that was actually my last episode that i did i haven't even edited it yet but uh, she's yeah. great and i love gabe and luis i was online with them last night praying over their team to wales but you know they've just in the few times we've talked about it um 
you know, they're, they're real keen on seeing in the spirit and stuff. And, um, and, uh, that kind of stuff happens as you just get into the presence with the Lord and you begin to just pray and meditate on the scriptures and on his love worship, you know, um, heavenly realities begin to get drawn near and, um, all that stuff stokes your fire. So, Hmm. yep. Um, kind of like, when you look at mainstream ministries like Bethel, we all know those names and stuff, but I mean, you're somebody that's probably never going to be in the front line just because of what you go after. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what would you have to say to that? And, and um, like, I mean, I, nobody I know has ever taught on raising the dead or even really bringing that up as a suggestion in church, and I've been church pretty much my whole life. But I mean, I grew up like listening, like reading Smith Wigglesworth and things. And that was something that he did and was known for. And that was only 80 years ago. But and and, you know, kind of the regular testimonies in Africa. But how can we go? How can we see a ministry like yours kind of flourish without being in the front lines like that? Well, I I really believe that what mainstream Christianity is right now is is shifting. It's being morphed into kingdom. And so while, like the message that we carry right now is, um, is considered fringe or considered, uh, you know, out there ways, I really believe that what we consider to be fringe is going to shift. And so I'm fully, um, I'm fully confident that like, like what we're doing or, you know, whoever it looks like fringe that we're fully going to be, uh, the spotlight will be on us, um, as God deems, you know, but I just really believe what we, what we consider to be normal Christianity. Um, I really believe obviously that it's, it's, it's what the Bible lays out, right? Mm. These exploits that these men of God walked in, you know, and a lot of guys in the Bible did raise the dead. And so I just believe that's part of normal Christianity and that that's going to start to manifest more and more on earth. The more forerunners that go ahead and are the tip of the spear, like myself and, you know, Wigglesworth was one of them back in the day that just stood for it. You know, I mean, if you look at Wigglesworth's life, his life, there weren't people coming over to his house, you know, and asking him uh, what he believed or (laughs) trying to sit at his feet. You know, there weren't people showing up like he was a forerunner in his day and people weren't sure about him. And then when he died, people were like, wow, this guy was awesome. And so uh, but the more people that are just forerunners that just take a take a stand and go for it and just continue to keep their heart pure and continue to embody love and not get bitter when the Pharisees attack and all that stuff. Um, we're going to get a breakthrough like in our day and in our, our hour, it's going to happen, you know? Um, so I, I don't think that in order for mainstream to accept it, that we have to water things down. I think we can continue to, um, stand for the message he's given us, you know, and, and go for it. So yeah, man, God will give increase. It's not up to us to try to make it happen and, um, he'll make it happen and we'll get to just sit back and watch it happen by grace. And it's not going to happen through striving, you know? Uh, no revival ap- ever happened through striving. Uh, and uh, I believe there's going to be a new reformation that comes about that redefines to the world the nature of God. And so the church has to embrace that first. Mm. And uh, it's going to be good, man. God has a bunch of awesome things planned. So this is kind of something that I always struggle with too is um... – like I have a cousin that died like she was she was less than 20 years old um yeah. 
and even I'm sure other people have lost people in their lives that really mattered to them. Is there ever a time where, um, and I think I've heard it, I can't remember who it was, but somebody went to pray, I think it was William Branham, went to pray for this woman and he said, no, it's it's your time to go. Yeah. Does that ever happen to you where you just know that it's their time or, or is that even a thought or a belief pattern that you have or, or how do you deal with uh, that kind of mindset? Totally. That's, that's really a good question. So, um, we, I used to think that way. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily wrong to think that way, but what we've learned through praying for a lot of people that have died is that when people have that mindset that maybe, you know, this person doesn't want to come back or whatever, we've found that it actually works, um, against faith to raise the dead and persistent prayer in dead raising situations. So we've learned through experience that like, just like with healing, sometimes healing it's, it's prayed for and it, it takes a little bit of time. Sometimes it takes multiple prayers. Um, sometimes it's instantaneous. And what we've found is that a lot of the times we'll release resurrection prayer. And if the person doesn't sit right up right then that some people will think, well, it didn't happen. And then they'll throw the towel and they'll leave. And at that point, they'll say things like, you know, I had a vision, you know, the person didn't want to come back and all this stuff. And so that mindset of if the person doesn't want to come back, it actually derails faith to raise the dead. And the main thing that I would remind people is that nowhere in the Bible does that mind is that mindset mentioned of like they didn't want to come back. Right. So Lazarus, he was with the father for, well, you know, he was not here somewhere else. Right. For um like four days. And Jesus didn't take that into consideration at all when he raised him from the dead. It wasn't like he was dragging Lazarus out of heavenly places, kicking and screaming because he didn't want to come back to earth. So it wasn't, it wasn't the way that people in the Bible that raised the dead. It wasn't the way that they thought. So I don't think that way anymore either. Like I've decided that when I go into these situations, um, my job is to obey the King rather than maybe the will of a dead person. Um, so I'm not saying that it plays a factor or not. I'm just saying that I don't believe that that's the way we're supposed to enter those situations if we're going to be the person of faith. Um, with that being said, you know, when my dad died, um, he loved the Lord. Um, and I knew that he was in heaven when he died, after he died. I, I knew that. But nonetheless, two days after he died... Um, I was sleeping at the foot of my mom's bed on the ground. I was just, you know, I was wrecked, man. My mom said that I would cry through my sleep every night. It was pretty traumatic. Uh, he died in my arms from a sudden heart attack. It was as traumatic as it can get. And um, I got caught up into heaven and saw my dad. Um, and there was this immense peace that came over me knowing that uh, he was there and that he was okay and everything. Now, so what I'm trying to say is that I believe that sometimes God gives people encounters to give them peace about their loved one, especially when they're not sure about the person's salvation. Um, and I think that that should give our hearts peace to know that they're okay and that they're at rest and all those things. Um, but um, I don't believe that it should be our go-to to like wonder, you know, do they want to come back or not? I think that we need to be focused on what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 8 to, to raise the dead. So that's, uh, that's kind of where we landed, um, on that whole, on that whole deal. 
the bottom line is just have faith and, and love people. So, no, that's good. Um, kind of a, a weird question, but I was thinking about it today. Um, now on TV, basically, you can't get away from zombies or yeah. TV shows yeah. like that. And totally. I kind of just had this thought, but do you think that's a counterfeit of the enemy? Of what, so, what is to come? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think somewhat. I think, I think society, whether it be the church or not, it manufactures what people want. So, like, I believe wow. the whole world is crying out for resurrection power today. <laughs> That's good. That's so good. Yeah, I, like, I believe that if they're if they're believers or not believers, there's there's a belief that there's life after death. There's belief that hmm. that something is greater than death. That there can that you can live after dying. Now, the the best the world has to offer, because they don't have Jesus, is zombies, which is a counter. You know, it's the counterfeit of real resurrected life. You know, Jesus didn't come out of the grave as a zombie. In fact, he had an upgrade body and he could walk through walls and all kinds of stuff, right? Um, so I just think that the fact that there's such an infatuation with zombies is just simply the cry of the world for the gospel. It's the cry of the world for, hey, you know, Matthew 10, 8, raise the dead, you know. Um, and uh, that way we don't have to like demonize everything. We can see the heart, you know, behind this infatuation with it it's you know it's obviously it's obviously demonic it's demonic right all that all that zombie mm -hmm. stuff is right but but the heart behind it i think there's a true desire that's really beautiful so yeah huh no that's good i <laughs> you put that in such good words but uh yeah so what uh, what about your schools like you have some dead raising schools what yeah if people ever go to them what would they learn or what what exactly do you teach um we we hit it hard, man. We go for it big time. We go through testimonies of dead raisings, all kinds of stuff like that, basic verses and stuff. But we also, in my opinion, part of the part of the real meat of the school is we we begin to tackle um, the nature of God pertaining to what God does and what God does not do. According to Jesus, it's the enemy that steals, kills, and destroys, and it's God, Jesus, that brings life. And uh, that's a big shift for people, man. Like if you begin to grab what that means, you know, you start looking at things like Hebrews 2.14 that says Satan has the power of death. Um, it begins to kind of shift a lot of stuff in our lives. And then we begin to tra transition into um, what does that mean for us that Christ defeated death? You know, um, what are the natural implications of that? even pertaining to our own physical bodies. You know, should we be believing for long life? Like, did Jesus buy that for us? Or is that something that's just a, you know, a myth or a legend, you know, this this uh, fountain of eternal life, you know? Uh, so we talk about all that stuff. And really the whole training is about Jesus, but there's a real renewal of the mind that takes place. It's pretty radical, honestly. Like, people that want to be a part of our teams have to go through that training. And the reason why we do that is not so that they all, they agree with everything that we teach, but um, because it weeds people out that are going to uh, hold to a religious spirit and a religious way of looking at the world. I remember there's a story, in fact, about Wigglesworth. And uh, one time he had a bunch of there was a bunch of pastors in a room and Wigglesworth came in and, and he he said, by the time we're done, you guys will all be gone. And he began to pray and people got so uncomfortable with the way he was praying that pastors were literally crawling out of the room until it was just him and the Lord and the glory of God showed up and he got blasted and it was awesome. But um, 
we're like for the training we're like if you can stay in the room not not you don't even need to agree but if you can stay in the room during these teachings you know where things get stretched and the box that we've got around god gets broken and we just begin to explore you know the the reality the mysteries of christ um then uh, people can can form their own team and uh so it's a lot of fun we do like fire tunnel everyone gets whacked it's a good time man Awesome. So where would somebody even begin to kind of go on an adventure of uh, getting into Raising the Dead? Like, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not like in America or even Canada, that's where I'm from. Like, you can really go into a morgue. But um, I think you kind of put it one way. You started to position yourself in a place where you could actually be a part of that. But what would you yeah, suggest I, to Yeah, I would just say, sorry, I cut you off there. I would just say, um, just start trying. Like, keeping ear to the ground and listening for situations where people die in their community and then having a servant's heart and going to serve that family, um, loving them, uh, just being with them in the midst of their pain, all that stuff, but also being someone that represents life and asking in a sensitive way, if they're open to you actually praying for this person for a miracle. And, um, as what happens is as you do that, even though the religious community might flip around you and freak out and call you heretic or whatever it might be, the thing that's important is that people will begin to hear that you're available. And that's what happened for us is that we wow. caught flack from a lot of the religious community around us, but we also begin to get more and more phone calls and emails from people that wanted us to come pray. And so now we're at a point 10 years in where we get multiple emails every day and um, we're sending out teams. You know, if there's a team in their area, if someone contacts me, like just the other day, there was someone in Nashville whose father died. They did a Google search online. They found our website. You know, it's like our website and a bunch of zombie websites, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so we, uh, we, I contacted the team in Nashville and they went out and prayed. And the, the man wasn't raised from the dead thus far, you know? Um, but our team went and loved on these daughters and spent time with them and, and prayed for their dad. And so um, I would say that if someone wants to go for it, if someone wants to raise the dead, make it a lifelong thing. Like be a lifer. Don't just let it be like a weekend conference high. Like let it be something that you're committed to and, um, and just begin to, in any situation you can, to pray. We all have people we know that have died. Everyone knows people that have died and um you know uh everyone out there has had opportunities to raise the dead it's just they haven't recognized the opportunities when it came and so i would just say to start to go for it try just give it a shot um and as you do as you continue to try god will begin to open doors for you and there'll be more and more opportunities good things will happen um obviously stay grounded in intimacy with jesus through all of it because you're going to need it <laughs> and uh and yeah, that's just kind of how you start is you just obey, you know? So what exactly are you doing right now to kind of continue to grow what you're doing? Do you have any? Yeah, uh, we, your... uh, we're, we're just continuing to like start teams. Um, and uh, we um, were available to our community where we live. Um, things like that. We're training our kids up in it. Um, I mean, day to day, how we speak and how we talk pertaining to life and death is huge, you know. Um, I personally don't believe that we even need to die, according to the gospel, um, that we can live long and that he who fails to reach 100 years old is considered accursed. <laughs> it's an Isaiah. And uh, 
So just uh, beginning to embrace the realities of um, life and life abundant. Um, you know, it says that he had purchased us eternal life. It's not just on the other side. It's also on this side. That's all John 6, John 11 stuff. And so, um, yeah, we're just living it out day by day. You know, we got four kids, and so we're training them up in this thing. Um, we tell miracle stories every night over dinner as a family to just continually sow into our kids, like the reality of, of uh, God's miraculous working power on the earth. Um, and we do a lot of trainings. You know, I'm in churches a lot um, and just continually um, reminding the body of Christ, like what Jesus did when he gave his life and was resurrected and how that imparted resurrection power to all of us. So, yeah. All right. I've got um, something kind of on a well, um, serious note. Obviously, there's another shooting uh, in L.A. Yeah, all that. <laughs> and uh, kind of kind of that's kind of been on my heart lately but is there any desire for your heart to ever be in those environments where like what what do you see when you hear something like that happen um what's your initial reaction like do you want to run towards something like that or uh that's 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 an interesting question um do i want to run towards something like that um I would hope that in those situations, I would be someone that would be courageous enough to do that. Um, I can't say because I've never been in those situations. Um, but I do know that we want teams in those places to be able to be there for the aftermath. Um, we need more people uh, in government that love Jesus and can invite people they trust into these situations to sow the power and the love of God, right? Um, and so, uh, yeah, I saw that that happened at the YouTube headquarters. I think it was a woman um, just went berserk, and we've got all the shooting and stuff. Um, it's it's a uh, it's a crazy hour that we live in, but I just believe that God is moving forward. He's doing awesome things. He's going to continue to. Uh, sorry. Oh, you still there? Yep. Yeah. He's going to continue to raise the dead, and um, the church is, is going to uh, the church is going to rise up and do her thing, man. Hmm. No, that's good, and yeah, that's like what I meant. Like, kind of running towards it is the aftermath and the effects to see. Oh, totally, man. Yeah. So we um, pray all the time we'd be a divine appointment that we'd be there when the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And um, we see that all the time, man. Like our teams are just on the corner when a car accident happens in front of them. We had one of our leads in Thailand. Um, sorry, not a lead, but she's loosely affiliated with the DRT. And this man got ran over. He was face down in a puddle, was on blood. She went over there and raised him from the dead. Um, just, uh, yeah, we pray that, you know, when the enemy's going to do something, that um, people that are in the kingdom would be there to bring light for sure. So, hmm. No, that that's so good. So, um, I guess like you've got to get going here pretty quick. So maybe do you have uh, maybe another testimony that you could think of, Tyler? Maybe that you could just leave us with and, and something to think about. Totally, man. We have a lot of our own testimonies, um, but I'll tell you guys one that happened um, to one of the greatest like, missionaries ever is uh, Saint Francis Xavier. I don't know if any of you guys listening have heard of him, but he was one of many people consider him the greatest missionary to Asia ever. 
And one time he was on the way to Asia and he was going to um, preach the gospel in Asia. He's on a boat in the ocean and he was down, down on the bottom floor of the boat praying for a couple days. And during that time, a father who had a five-year-old was on the top deck. And at one point, the, for whatever reason, the child fell overboard. And at the same time, the wind gusted and the tide was in a certain way or whatever. And they could not get back to the boy. They couldn't turn around to get back to him. And they watched him in the distance floating in the waves. There was no way they could get back. His father was obviously absolutely destroyed by this. Three days later... Uh, Francis Xavier comes up on the top deck and meets the dad. Now, he didn't know what happened because he was in his room praying the whole time. The father says, you didn't hear about what happened? No. He, you know, he says, my, my son went overboard. And Xavier said, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go pray. Father was like, okay. So Xavier goes downstairs to pray, and two hours later, the father's on the top deck, and the son comes running across the deck and gives him a hug. Um, obviously raised from the dead, all that stuff. So nothing's impossible with God. Um, you know, we like to think in, in finite, limited ways, but God is infinite, and he's, uh, he you know, says that nothing's impossible with God. So when we run into impossible situations in the natural, just to remember that God always can make a way, can always mm. make a way. Mm. Right on. Well, Tyler, if you want to maybe give a plug to your site and uh, just tell people how they can get a hold of you. Sure, man. Um, it's oneglance.org. We also do deadraisingteam.com. And, um, yeah, um, you can connect with us through the website. We love interacting with people and uh, building relationship and all that. So we're also on Facebook and stuff. You can check us out on there. But, dude, thanks for having me on here, man. No, thanks so much for making time and uh, getting back to me. It was pretty, uh, pretty ideal for today. So thanks again. Yeah, buddy, no problem.